Proverbs chapter 25 and 25. The wise man said, as cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. Somebody say, good news. Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. Numbers 13 and verse 30. And Caleb still the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. Isaiah 61 verse number 1. I used to have to pause and let folks turn the pages. But these guys... For helping me tonight, Isaiah 61 and 1, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Skip down to verse 3. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he might be Glorified. You still got another verse or two in you before you sit down? Luke 2. Luke 2, verse 10. Luke 2, verse 10. And the angels said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And finally, the book of Romans chapter 5, verse 20. Romans 5 and 20 said, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. There's a period right there, at least in the King James And then there's another statement that is made to finish out the verse. But, but where sin abounded. Now it is not really a common practice for a sentence to begin with a conjunction. Right? I didn't learn much in school and I don't even know if I'm sure on that, but it sure sounds good. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. I just want to come by here tonight and preach to you that good news outweighs the bad. Good news outweighs the bad. Lord, help us minister in this place tonight.
Encourage a heart tonight. Strengthen a soul tonight. Give us exactly what we need from the throne of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We pray. Everybody said amen. amen. Now, I don't know. I don't know of anybody. There may be some, but I don't know of anybody that loves bad news. Unless it would be the the Grinch that stole Christmas or what was his name in the one uh, Christmas story? Scrooge, there you go. Scrooge maybe, but everybody loves good news. Don't you love to go to the mailbox and pull out the envelope Got a hand handwritten return address up here. Your name and address in the middle of it. Open it up and find a check. Yeah. It sure feels better, Brother Jerry, than a dun. Huh? Everybody loves good news. Bad news is never really easy to swallow, is it? Bad news is difficult for us to assimilate. It's, it's hard for us to figure out. Two weeks ago tomorrow, Sister Wilson, my, my wife, got a call about the, about the news that her stepbrother over in Corinth, Mississippi, had stepped out of his house because a gentleman walked across the yard and the older man walked up to my brother-in-law, pulled what we think to be a 357 Magnum pistol, and shot our brother-in-law, shot my brother-in-law, my wife's stepbrother, three times over the way my brother-in-law was parked in his parking place. He was not parked illegally. He was not parked as he sh should not have been. The gentleman just did not like the way he was parked. Bad news. It just caught our breath. We just thought, what in the world? It's just unexplainable, right? You ever notice that most all news reports are the telling of bad news. The telling of bad news, very little news is good on radio, TV, your news outlet. Why is that? I think it's because they have found out that good news really won't sell. It really won't sell uh, commercial spots. The worse, they can, the worse they can make it, the more they'll make out of it. That's one thing I can, you can always depend on from Paul Harvey. Anybody in here remember Paul Harvey news and commentary or news and comments? At least somewhere in his, uh, his radio broadcast of news, what was it, 30 Minutes? 
30-minute newscast on the radio, at least somewhere in there, you would always hear a little dose. Just a small helping, if you will, of good news somewhere in his program. It might be the announcement of some silver-haired couple's 70th wedding anniversary. That's the good news for the day. You never knew from one day to the next what Paul Harvey was going to come up with for good news for that day. But I believe the old boy was trying to tell all of us. I think he was trying to let us all know that even though the world is filled with unpleasantness, even though the things of this world happening to us are many times hard to digest, many times they are bad news, he was trying to let us know that there was still some good news that would outweigh the bad news. If there was ever an hour when good news was needed in our world, it is this hour in which we live. This world, which is a place where evil is promoted, this world where good is trodden down, this world where wrong is seemingly enthroned and where right is deposed, this world is greatly in need of a heavy dose of good news. That's why we as Christians, when we walk out these doors and the world sees us, they need to see us as a purveyor of, a proponent of the good news of Jesus Christ. If God has brought you out of darkness, placed you in his marvelous light, if God has washed you with his blood, redeemed you by his spirit, filled you with the Holy Ghost, you've got some good news to tell. Somebody needs to say, I'll tell it. I'll tell it everywhere I go. You walk down any busy street in one of our largest cities and you take time to look closely into the faces of those that you meet on the street you'll be able to see the emptiness in their eyes. You'll be able to detect the weariness in their posture. You'll be able to realize the dejectedness in their plodding footsteps. College professor asked his student many years, students many years ago, what is your determination or your definition of life? And one of those students says, Life is the hard business, the bad dog business of getting up every morning, going to work, coming home, going to bed, getting up the next morning, going to work, coming home, going to bed, getting up the next morning, going home, or doing, going to work, coming home, going to bed. The routine was so monotonous. Another student says, Life is a joke that isn't even funny. And then another said life is, the, is a, the life sentence that you get for the crime of being born 
Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in this congregation tonight, we need to be sharers of some good, good news because the good news will outweigh the bad, but it cannot outweigh the bad as long as it is hidden down in our heart behind clenched teeth. We refuse to give God glory. We, give, we refuse to give God praise for that which he has done for us. The world needs to see us. The world needs to hear us say, thank you, Jesus, for another day. Oh, for the church in the world today that would lift up their voice like a trumpet and declare the good, good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You and I are the church that has read the apostle Paul's words where he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. Just think of what God had to do to get you where you are tonight. Just think of the work that he had to do to get you in the fold, to, to get you saved, to get you on the road to glory. What he did for you, he wants to do for your neighbor. He wants to do you for your mailman. He wants to do for your grocer. He wants to do it for them. We dare not sit idly by with lips closed. We need to be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ because only if we share it can the good news outweigh the bad. If you are doubtful of the fact that good news outweighs the bad, then you've probably never paid a whole lot of attention to the end of Job's story. If you are doubtful of the fact that good news outweighs the bad, perhaps you've never given heed to the ending of the crucifixion story. It didn't end on a cross. It didn't end in a tomb. And it did not even end with his resurrection. It hasn't ended yet. You know what we are living right now? We're living Acts chapter 29. I said we're part of Acts chapter 29. Now go on in your Bible and check and you'll find that there is no Acts chapter 29 in your King James Version. But we are living Acts 29 now because there was no end in almost every book of the New Testament with the exclusion of two or three books. They all ended with amen, but there is no amen in the book of Acts. The last chapter is Acts 28. He didn't say amen at the end because the amen signals a finality of something. And amen signals the closing 
of something. He never intended for his book to close. He never intended for the rally of the gospel to stop. He never intended for the shedding and the sharing of good news to end. We're living in Acts chapter 29. We are the bearers of good news because good news outweighs the bad. If you're still in doubt about whether good news outweighs the bad, perhaps you haven't read lately the stirring words of the apostle Paul who said, for me or for to me, for to me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. There is something. There is something to be said for the death of a child of God. Huh? Sure, we're saddened by the loss of family loss of friends, but if they are born of the water and the spirit, if they are living faithfully as a child of God, for them to live was Christ, but to die for them is gain. The good does outweigh the bad. It is for sure that Job lost a lot of things. It is for sure that Job suffered physically. Sure, Job was browbeaten by so-called friends. Sure, Job was mocked by the woman that he loved and called his wife. But after the bad was over, after the bad was over, after the, the bad was suffered and endured, then we read in the last chapter of the book of Job that God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. You know, at the beginning, Job lost his trucking company. Because all of his camels were killed. At the beginning, Job lost all of his tractors because all of his oxen were destroyed. But in the, in the end of it all, because Job, according to Scripture, retained his integrity with God, According to scripture, in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Can somebody get a hold of a credit card real fast? I'd like to see it real fast. Don't make me wait 30 seconds. Here we go. Here we go. Thank you, brother. I'll see you next year. The Bible says that Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. You know what? We best be very cautious 
that we don't put things on God's charge card. That he didn't cause. We blame God for a lot of stuff. And we even blame the devil for some stuff that I don't think the devil had nothing to do with. It wasn't the devil that told you to jump off that cliff, fall to the ground and break your ankle. It was a daredevil spirit. Somebody else did it and you thought you could too. But you landed wrong. If Jesus loved me, he wouldn't have let me do that, no. So we start charging God. Huh? We start charging God. We swipe. I don't like the way that happened. Blame it on God. Huh? And so before long, we've, we've charged up a whole bunch of stuff. On God's charge card, not Job. Lost his trucking company, lost his tractors, lost his children, lost his house, lost his wife because she had given up on him. Huh? In all this, Job sinned not nor charged God foolishly. I'm telling you, the good news outweighs the bad. Those three friends, those three friends of his came and sat down, sat down across from him, sat there and looked at him for seven days. Didn't say a word. Did not say a word for seven days. He endured it. He didn't charge God foolishly. He retained his integrity in all of that because I believe somehow he knew somewhere in the back of his mind that the good news was eventually... The, the good news is eventually going to outweigh the bad. I might lose that girlfriend. I might lose that boyfriend. Oh, I know the youth were wishing they had a class now. I thought I was going to get that promotion. I needed that money. I needed that raise. If Jesus loved me, I would not have gotten that bad diagnosis. If Jesus really loved me, I wouldn't have been where I am today. Crippled up. Messed up. Mentally, emotionally, physically. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You better trust God. I said, you better have enough faith that you can trust God. That all things, all things, would you shout those two words? All things work together. They work together. All things, the good things, the bad things. 
the sorrowful things, the happy things, the downtime, the uptime, the friend times, the non-friend times. All things work together for good. Work it together for good to them who love God and are the called according to his purpose. Now, if you really love somebody, you will trust them. You will trust them. So when you really love God, you're not just believing God for this little thing and that little thing. Your faith has matured to, to the fact that if God doesn't do what I want him to do right at this moment, I still trust God's wisdom. I trust God's sovereignty in my life that he's going to turn. He's going to turn the bad news into good news what looks like an evil to me come on Joseph come on Joseph he told his brother you meant it you meant it for evil against me somebody say but God but God meant it for good so my God if, if God has put the brakes on something that you've been wanting if God has put the brakes on something you've been planning, if God has said not yet on some idea that you've had brewing in your mind for years, if God said it's not time yet, don't you dare mess up and rush ahead of God. Don't rush ahead of God. You believe that all things work together for good to them who love God and are the called according to his purpose. God turned the captivity of Job. He turned it. He freed him from his sickness. He doubled his trucking company. He doubled his farm equipment. He gave him his sons and daughters back. God blessed the latter end of Job greater than he had had it in the beginning. Listen to me, somebody. You need to understand that the good does outweigh the bad. It's a certainty that Jesus suffered at the hands of his betrayers and his crucifiers. There were no morphine drips at the cross the only pain meds that were given or offered was wine mixed with gall, vinegar mixed with gall, something to temporarily perhaps deaden, but Jesus refused that. There were no pain meds administered at Calvary. While Jesus hung naked on that tree, on that hill for all passers-by to mock and ridicule. Jesus' pain was no doubt unbearable, not so much the physical anguish, but I believe it was the mental agony and the breaking of his heart. 
I believe it was the breaking of his heart that caused him the most pain. But all of that happened. Somebody said on Friday. Huh? It all happened on Friday, but Sunday was coming. I said Friday, but then Sunday was coming. Sunday when the earth would rend and the stone would be rolled away. Sunday when the lifeless body of the Savior who was Mary's baby and Mary Magdalene's beloved friend, he would be resurrected. Ladies and gentlemen, the good still outweighs the bad. I'm so glad he's alive. I said, I'm so glad he's alive. Are you glad he's alive tonight? He's alive to take the bad and turn it to good. He's alive to take the sour and turn it to sweet. He's, he's alive to take the bitter and turn it into something bearable. Hallelujah. Now in closing, the apostle Paul is speaking to the Roman church. He says these words to them while he's discussing the fall of Adam and its horrible consequences on all men who were to come after him. Paul said, but where sin abounded, where sin abounded, the bad news, where sin abounded, the evil tidings, where sin abounded, the negative report, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Hallelujah. When Satan through sin thought he had us, I said, when Satan through sin thought he had us, then came grace. I said, then came grace to redeem us. We are not redeemed by the works of the law. But through faith and his grace, we are redeemed from what? The curse of the law. It's more than just one little sin. It's the curse that causes not just that sin, but this sin, and that sin, and that sin, and that sin. Grace redeemed us from the curse of the law. Good still outweighs the bad. Sin abounded, but grace did much more Abound. Would you stand, please? Aren't you glad for those two words? Much more? Huh? Aren't you glad for those two words? Much more? I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life that I needed not just grace, but I needed grace much more. I said I needed much more. 
I needed much more. I know y'all, y'all religious folks around here, y'all don't ever have any problems. But I've been in situations where I needed grace, and I needed grace much more. Because the devil, the enemy of my soul, wanted to take me down. He wanted to take you out. He wanted to get rid of me. But grace did much more abound for every sin that has ever been committed. There has always been more than enough grace to make it right. I said there has always been more than enough grace to make it right. Jesus Christ was the very embodiment of G-R-A-C-E. His name was J-E-S-U-S, but Jesus Christ was the very embodiment of grace. Turn around and tell somebody good news still outweighs the bad. Take a quick scan of your life. I said take a quick scan of your life and you will see and you will perhaps feel the bad that is happening to you. Maybe right at this moment. But in Christ. But in Christ, the good will always outweigh the bad. Put the bad on a scale. I said, put the bad on a scale. And as far as it wants to take you down, then you put God's grace on the other side of the scale. And all of a sudden, that grace starts pushing down. And the evil starts having to let up. Because grace will always outweigh the bad. Romans 8, 18, and I'm, I'm closing. For I reckon. Now, for a moment, I don't mean to get out of the way, but for a moment, I would think that the Apostle Paul was a Southerner. Right? Anybody here say, I reckon? I reckon. Paul said, for I reckon. Or I figured it out. Huh? I worked it out in my mind. I finally understand it. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to understand as a child of God, you're not just living in the present time. You're not just living in the present tense. We've got one foot on the earth. we got our heads in the clouds. I reckon that for the present time, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy. They really can't even be compared. 
It's like trying to compare a Ford with a Mercedes. I know y'all thought y'all was going to hook me and get into this Chevrolet and Ford fight, y'all. I did that in a camp meeting years ago, and I hadn't been back since. It's like comparing a Mercedes to a matchbox car. Come on, somebody. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Not to us, not for us, but in us. Moses said to God, Lord, show me thy glory. And you know what God said? Well, let me tell you what he didn't say. Hang around, Moses. You'll see a great light shine behind my head when I take off here. You'll see a giant aura around me as I'm walking. No, no. When Moses said, show me thy glory, God said back to him, Brother Paul, I will cause all of my goodness to pass before you. You know how the glory of the Lord is revealed in us? Through all of the goodness that he's afforded to you. Undeserved or deserved. Everything good that God has ever done for you, with you, to you. What is it? Is It is a testimony. It is a testimony that God's glory is being revealed in you. Good news. Always outweighs the bad. So if suffer, we must at this moment. Let us do it joyfully. The apostle Paul said, I was cast down, but I was not destroyed. The good always outweighs the bad. Could I end this message like this? Get your chin off the ground. Put your lip back where it's supposed to be. Do what the scripture says when it says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Do what the scripture says. David said, I will lift up my heart with my hand. I will lift up my heart with my hands. Thank God for good news. You don't have to leave here tonight. You don't have to leave here tonight weighted under the bad news. You don't have to leave here tonight burdened down by the bad news. You can go out of here knowing for sure that once again, once again, once again, God has brought good news 
on your bad news. Why don't we step out of our seats for a moment? Everybody, just make your way to the front of this building. And if you don't have a need tonight, I want you to be thankful. I want you to start thanking God because he's kept you, provided your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus in the name of the Lord. We thank you, God, for your, for your word. We thank you for the truth. We thank you for the scripture. I ask you, God, right now, I ask you in this place that you would confirm your word with signs following in each one of these individuals. Men and women, boys and girls, let the word of God be confirmed in us with signs following. Let us find out, oh God, and know for sure that the good news outweighs the bad news. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. If the, if the doctor's giving you one report, I challenge you to take that report by an altar. I challenge you to take that report by an altar and say, God, here's what the doctor said. And the preacher told me that the good news always outweighs the bad. And I'm going to believe you for good news. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, ladies. Come on, ladies. All right now, in Jesus' name. 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 Ah, yes. Ah, yes. Believe it. Believe it. Yes, yes, believe it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a Was lost, 
But now I found I was lying. But now, oh yeah. Well, when we been back ten thousand years, I Be dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you. Give Brother Mike a good hand for the singing and preaching. That great word tonight. Hallelujah.